Welcome to the Biz and Tech Podcast. My name is Blake Dowling. I'm the CEO of Aegis Business Technologies in Tallahassee, Florida. If you haven't noticed lately, cyber threats are rampant and the COVID-themed cyber threats are getting even more devious. Fake registrations for the vaccine, paid vaccines, which That is not a thing. The vaccine has no cost. If you see these threats, report them to law enforcement or your local IT professional and do not fall for these scams. Emails, texts, even phone calls. And in the worst cases, we're seeing door-to-door activity. These people are committing crimes, so be safe out there, Florida. Today, we have a special guest from the Florida College Access Network, Charlita. How are you today? I'm wonderful, Blake. How are you doing? I am doing great. We're here to talk about your mission with your noble organization here in Florida and how you're helping our community in the education sector. Really excited to learn more. I remember looking um, for some research on my Tallahassee Democrat column a couple of months ago, and I reached out to a few partners in the community and said, what have you seen over the past, this was in the summer, over the past few months on new and creative ideas. And I talked to Big Brothers Big Sisters, which I sit on their board, and we were talking about the Big Talent Showcase, which we did to try to create uh, you know, something for the bigs and littles to do in our community here in North Florida. And then through Michelle at Saks Media Group, I was introduced to your organization, and specifically I wrote about the uh, Talent Strong uh, initiative that you all launched. So we can get into the details of that a little later. But first, let's learn a little bit about you. Um, what are you all up to? What's your mission? And how did you get here? I know you moved from Virginia. So welcome to Florida. It is 70 degrees and awesome here in Tallahassee. So uh, let's hand it over to you. Well, you know, I would tell you, Blake, all of my friends and family, they are so jealous of the weather here um, because I they've been getting ice storms and snowstorms consistently for the last several weeks. Um, so but I'm happy because <laughs> I am enjoying the sun. Um, but I'll tell you, you know, the way I landed here, I've kind of I've been in the whole college access and success world um, for the last 14 years now working at an organization back in Richmond, Virginia, that really directly worked with high school students preparing them for college. Um, and, you know, prior to that, I, I was in corporate America and did a little bit of work in the government from an accounting perspective and transitioned into working with young people and realized that that was really my passion and what I enjoy doing. Um, long story short, fast forward, the pandemic hit. Life slowed down enough for me to start looking at other opportunities because I know I wanted to explore something different. And lo and behold, this position opened up with the, as the executive director for the Florida College Access Network, or FCAN is what we call it um, for short. And, you know, I said, well, the opportunity is now. Let me just go ahead and submit and see what happens. And I really, you know, submitted, didn't think anything of it. Um, a couple of min- months went by and then I got the phone call for the interview and um, now I'm here, you know, I-, I moved in at the end of September. So it's a whole interesting process just to even try to to uproot your entire life and your family and everything in the middle of a pandemic, one, um, but even to interview during a pandemic and do everything virtually um, was just unique. But what compelled me to really make that change in spite of the circumstances that was taking place is this really FCAN's mission, where it's really about leading that collaborative movement to ensure that all Floridians achieve an education beyond high school and a rewarding career. And when I think about the journey of my pathway and my career, 
that's what I've been working on and doing, even with, with just high school students. So with FCAN, it's a broader perspective. And it's whether you're a high school student, whether you're an adult or a non-traditional student, as we refer to them, it's really about helping people get to the where they want to be and their success in life. Um, and then looking at how FCAN does that through what we consider to be our seven conditions of success. So, you know, equitable support and access, counseling and information for families. We're looking at affordability, the multiple pathways where you stack towards a degree, your lifelong learning, um, really making decisions with data and their community collaboration. So how could I not say yes to that? Um, and so that's how I got here. That's why I'm here. And I, I love it so far. Awesome. And congratulations. And welcome to Florida. Thank you. Well, your mission uh, overlaps um, on, with so many different organizations in the higher education and with Chamber of Commerces. I know the Tallahassee Chamber, as well as the Florida Chamber, uh, one of you know, their main goals is uh, talent pipeline growth and uh, keeping people in Florida, bringing people into Florida, like yourself, uh, to grow our workforce and to meet the demands of tomorrow's workforce. You know, and like the numbers say, uh, you know, you're you're better prepared as an individual if you have those if you have that higher education. So what organizations do you work with just on a day to day basis in your community throughout the state? Who are you partnering with and how do you achieve the overall mission of FCAN? So, you know, we do everything through a collective impact model. Um, again, that seventh condition for us is about community collaboration. So we partner with, you know, everything from businesses in our community to the Florida Chamber. In fact, we just did a, a webinar with them featured. Um, then we also have local philanthropic groups and organizations. We also work with organizations like the um, Florida Philanthropic Network. Uh, which brings together all of the philanthropic groups. Um, we have, you know, connections with our school districts and working with high school counselors in particular with our College Ready Florida initiatives. And then we have what we call the local college access networks or LCANs. They really are the hub and the heart of, of really delivering the work that we do and the messaging that we have. So we have 17 LCANs across the state. They serve 82% of the Florida population. And they really bring together leaders from various industries in their regions to really focus on our college ready initiatives, which is really about getting students and adults and thinking about a plan ahead um, is for students about applying to college, the FAFSA challenge and the college decision day. So we bring together collective community uh, and that's what it's all about. We can't do this work without the partners in our community. And so it's, it's imperative that we really keep our eyes and ears open to who we can work with. Um, but it, it ranges from across the board, all across the state. Absolutely. I always use the hashtag Team Florida whenever I'm posting um, just anything with the local chamber, with the Florida chamber, with Big Brothers Big Sisters or Treehouse Kids Shelter here in town or the Florida School Boards Association. Um, you know, that really sums it up. We're all in it together. Awesome. Now, let's talk about the initiative that uh, we opened with, the uh, Talent Strong Initiative. I read that press release. I believe it came out in September. So what were you all doing uh, as we started the fall to, um, to get your message out and promote your mission during the pandemic? You know, it's funny you say it started in September. So I'll tell you the funny stories. I started that Monday, Talent Strong launched that Thursday. <laughs> and so it's been a whirlwind ever since. Um, and we launched that Talent Strong Florida campaign really to focus on complementing 
Florida Sell to 60 Go, which is really about strengthening Florida's workforce and ensuring that the state is ready for um, the economy of the future. Ultimately, that Sell to 60 Go says that, you know, we want to increase the percentage of Floridians from ages 25 to 64 to ensure that they have a high value post-secondary degree certificate training by six at, to, at least to the 60% mark by the year 2030. Um, so when we launched Talent Strong Florida, it, you know, as you said, there was a press release. We started doing different presentations across the state, all virtually, of course, um, and then really just meeting with different partners to explain what, what this is all about. So for us, and we say to be a Talent Strong Florida, it, to, for Florida to be Talent Strong, it's really about, again, preparing that future workforce it means that the Floridians will have all the skills and education that they need to be competitive in a global economy. And then it's about making sure that we build a statewide economy that can recover from inevitable disruptions. You know, COVID-19 has taught us so much um, from, you know, the disruptions that's taken place. You know, in fact, part of us preparing for Talent Strong, we did a survey of voters and we realized that, you know, when COVID hit, we 58% experienced lot job loss, pay cuts or reduction in hours. More than one third also said that they believe that they need education or training beyond it, you know, beyond where they were in order to find the same pay. Um, and so we took all of that and we used that to fuel this campaign. And, you know, it's great to see the, the communications that's gone out. It's great to see the partners that are really all coming together behind this collective focus and collective mission to make sure that Florida is talent strong. At the, at the end of the day, it's really all about closing the equity gap that we see within the state and making sure that we are able to get to where we need to be in resiliency for the state as well as for Floridians as a whole. So we are excited about the campaign and, and just want to tell people, go to our Talent Strong website, talentstrongfl.org. You can learn all about it, get involved and see how you can get acclimated in your community within that initiative. Outstanding. And we will do our small part, of course, to uh, push forward your message in our newsletter, our social media platforms, and obviously today with uh, our podcast. So you mentioned events um, and them being virtual. Obviously, we're in the same boat, whether it's our podcast or our Lunch and Learn series or various meetings that we engage in throughout the course of the year. So how did your, before you got to FCAN, did they have a big annual event and things were geared around that? Or was it a series of regional events? And how did that switch? I, I, I'm trying to avoid the word pivot. People say it so often. But, uh, but what was that like to go virtual for, for FCAN? So FCAN actually does have a big annual summit that's held every May. Um, so, of course, the 2020 summit was, was postponed initially. Um, and then when I arrived, the question came back, or, you know, does this postponement, what does this look like again? Um, and so eventually 2020 was canceled. And then we had to figure out what about 2021 for the summit? Um, and in that summit, just so everyone is aware, what we do is we take that opportunity to bring together our LCANs, as well as various representatives across the state into one central um, area. And we start having conversations on how do we begin to move forward with promoting post-secondary education, be it the traditional route or non-traditional routes? Um, what we realized in that is that while we could not, we made the decision ultimately not to have 2021 summit. And so we said, we, we can't stop the education piece of this. We have to figure out how do we continue to get the message out and how do we make sure that 
our groups are informed and are, are really sharing collectively the knowledge that they have. And so ultimately, we started doing more webinars. Um, you know, we thought about doing a virtual summit, but we said, let's just pause on it. Let's figure out how do we can regroup this to webinars. So on average, we do about two webinars a month. Um, and those webinars are traditionally, they're some of the topics that we would have done in the 2020 summit. We just rolled them into the webinars. Um, and then we then we also do what we call LCAN affinity calls, where we bring in all the LCANs together on a monthly basis for them to share ideas across the board. And then we do the same thing with high school counselors across the state as well. Um, so we, you know, we've pivoted. And, and I know, you know, that's the word <laughs> of the, what, the year. <laughs> um, we've, you know, we've had to figure out how to do it. And it's been working great, you know, but with, of course, like any most places, we can't wait to get back to live events. And we're really hoping that we can do our summit for 2022. So it's on the books. It's, you know, we just need to kind of just pull the trigger and let's go with it. I know the uh, one of the only events I attended last year when the Tallahassee Chamber had Mark from the Florida Chamber as a speaker mm -hmm. uh, at FSU. They had a spaced out um, audience of about 50 people in the room, and the majority of the room of the event was virtual. But, you know, for someone, you know, like yourself or myself that's been going to events their whole life, you kind of, um, you know, you don't lose interest, but some are more interesting than others. Uh, and they might not hold your attention if you're going to 20 a year. And so that one event, I was captivated from start to finish. And I really can't wait until my usual agenda of technology events gets back going. Because people thought in 2020, you know, January 1 is going to roll around. In 2021, everything's going to go back to normal. Well, not so much. You know, just like your event, you know, people are continuing to push off. Whether it's music festivals or tours or wine tastings or educational events, whatever it is. Um, last week, you know, speaking of events, we actually were in uh, Apalachicola, a little beach community here outside of Tallahassee. And, you know, we we went into the local brewery and had a beer. And there were some people in there. We took a tour. I'm like, wow. You know, we used to do this kind of stuff all the time. And you take it for granted uh, or used to. But it's a, it's a whole different world. And I'm so glad you all are continuing with your messaging and finding what fits for your audience because there's no silver bullet for an organization. You know, what's your members, what's your audience, what they want and what they, what gravitates them towards you. And, um, you know, we've seen more attendance in our lunch and learns than we had when we gave away lunch in our office, you know, instead of having 20 people in the office in our conference room, listening to me or one of our partners, uh, discuss something about technology, you know, we'll have 60 or 70 people virtually attend and they're not even getting a free lunch. Uh, yesterday I got an email from Comcast uh, who uh, invited us to participate in a virtual beer tasting. And there's Comcast getting creative on the local front with, with their regional partners to try to get their message out there because, you know, they're, they might have customer service issues sometime. Sorry, local Comcast reps, but, uh, but when you see them trying hard to engage with their clients and audience, that's cool. Well, let me ask you this serious question. So what would you say is the proudest moment of, of your career? Um, it's a big one. So uh, we, can, we can take a second. Look, I had to take a deep breath on that one. Like, wow. Um, <laughs> um, you know, 
I have two that's kind of tied, I think, when I think about my career. Um, and it's not about awards and accolades, but I will say that being recognized in my community as creating, as the person who created educational opportunities, um, and it was the History Makers Award was one. And then in that, I think the following year, I was recognized as the Richmond Times-Dispatch was the local newspaper uh, person of the year honoree. So between those two, that those two, I think, are really equally tied. Um, and primarily because Richmond, I'm a born and raised Richmonder, you know, that that's my hometown. And to see and for my hometown to kind of honor that. Um, really made me really proud, um, especially because I know that I transitioned from a traditional career path in corporate America and in finance and accounting work to doing something that I was just passionate about. Uh, and so it kind of almost validated that I made the right decision. Um, and I think when you do something you're passionate about, you just kind of, you give it your all. And that was what, you know, that was my defining moment. And like, yes, I, I did it, you know. Um, and so it, it's, that was it, I think. <laughs> it's very special to have those moments. And you mentioned a minute ago, you know, taking a pause during the pandemic. And while our industry was so frantic, March, April, May, we had a, a lull in July, June, August where people were still not sure what was going to happen with our nation, with our state, with the pandemic, and where are we going? I mean, before people kind of had fine-tuned working from home and that sort of thing, and um, you know, having that pause is so huge, and, and things mean so much more. I know um, for me, I grew up in Dothan, Alabama, not too far from here, and uh, the Dothan Eagle, the paper, called not too long ago and asked if they could rerun an article that I had written for the Tallahassee Democrat. And I had a very similar feeling to what you were describing. Like I've made it, the Dothan Eagle is running one of my columns. And while to the world that might not seem like a big deal, to me, watching my grandfather growing up every Sunday, reading the Dothan Eagle start to finish, handing me the funny papers, uh, really special. And um, having a moment of pause is pretty rare. Um, you know, running an organization like FCAN or an organization like Level Up, uh, media shout out to Josh our producer was married last weekend congratulations or a business like Aegis you know running a business is hard and finding your place in the pandemic um, it is what it is so secondary question to that big question did you have a moment early in your career that guided you to where you are today that I mean shout out to you you serve you serve the state of Florida and thank you for that was was there a calling to serve? Uh, was there a moment, or was it just a gradual progression down the road? It was actually a it was a moment. It was a realization. I will tell anybody. I remember driving to work at this Fortune five hundred company, going across one of the, the the bridges in our town that was just horrific, and I just remember thinking, "Wow, I really just don't want to go here," and. Um, that was the ref that was the reflection point like that drive in that morning for some reason was made that's what made me reflect on everything and where i had been in my career at that point and i told anyone it was kind of divine intervention because normally i'm the first one in the office 
that one morning was the morning my manager was actually sitting at his desk <laughs> and I, it must've been something written all over my face because as soon as I walked in, he said, what's going on? What's wrong? I can see it. And I just kind of said, I don't think I want to do this <laughs> anymore. Um, you know, and um, it took a couple of months for me to get up enough guts to kind of leave. Uh, but eventually, you know, but I was honest with him about where I was at, what I was feeling, what I was thinking. But that was where I started questioning a lot and was like, I think that this, this is really time for me to transition to something different, you know, and I love numbers. I love working with numbers. It's just that it, it wasn't something that I wanted to do every day, day in and day out when my calling and my passion, because I had been volunteering so much with young people that it was like, it's, it, it's, this is where I need to do, where I need to be at this time in my life. Well, thank you for sharing that. You know, we forget through the pace that we all put ourselves through that life is about those pivotal moments and whether it's divine intervention, as you mentioned, God, religion, inspiration from something. Um, when I was living in Atlanta, sitting in traffic, you know, year, I don't even know how long I was there, almost 10 years. I'm like, I'm so tired of doing this. I need to get back to Florida and do something else. Fresh start. Well, awesome. Well, as we close today, let's talk um, non-business, non-education. Uh, any interesting hobbies have uh, have they popped up during the pandemic? Because on our home front, we have cleaned and painted everything you can clean or paint on our patio and exterior of the house. I've cleaned my granddad's old tackle box that he used to fish with. Uh, we got new carpet. I mean, you name it. On the home front, we've done it. And uh, it's been fun. But uh, what about you? What have you been up to during your um, free time during the past 12 months? 12 months of the pandemic, ladies and gentlemen. So are you familiar with the cricket machines, cricket makers? I'm not. So cricket makers, you can use it. They cut out like vinyl and you can make your own T-shirts or make, you know, the stuff that you see in the stores that you can hang on your walls, like little plaques and sayings and all of that good stuff. So <laughs> I bought a cricket. Cause I was like, oh, this looks so cool and fun. So that's what I've been doing, trying to figure out how to work and use my Cricut. So I've made some t-shirts. I've made um, a couple of little gifts here, there. Um, so, and apparently I could cut leather and things like that and like make jewelry. I haven't gotten that sophisticated with it yet, but that's my pandemic hobby right now. Cricket. That's awesome. Uh, how about uh, last question? How about uh, television? Anything uh, jump off the screen that you really enjoyed? You know, I, I got caught up on a show on Netflix um, called Wentworth. And it's eight seasons in. So it took a while for me to get through it because it's like 12 shows or episodes per season. Okay. Um, yeah, but oh my gosh, I couldn't stop. So every weekend, that was my, my Saturday or Sunday, if I'm just sitting around, I would just stop and watch Wentworth and was about, and I think it was Australia or Austria, one of the two, and the women were in jail and like everything that transpired in their lives. And, you know, it was just every ending of the, every episode, it was like a cliffhanger. So now I can't wait for the um, ninth season to come out, which I think is coming soon because I'm like, I'm caught up now. I need to know what's happening. So that's my little guilty pleasure. <laughs> but. Yeah, I've gone backwards. I've started watching uh, Law and Order, like the from the old days on BBC on Monday nights. They replay just marathons of the show, and last night was pretty exciting. Welcome to 2021. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Well, thank you, Charlita, so much for joining us today. Uh, how can people find more information about FCAN and what you all are up to? They can visit us at thefloridacollegeaccess.org. Um, and Florida is spelled completely out in our website. So we encourage everyone to come visit, check out our, our website. Again, Talent Strong Florida is talentstrongfl.org. And just learn more about the initiatives and work that we're doing. And if your community doesn't have an LCAN, contact us. We can figure out how to get one started there. So thank you again for having us, Blake. It's a pleasure to be with you all today. Awesome. Thank you for being our guest. Thank you for sharing. And thank you, most importantly, for the noble work that you do here in the state of Florida. And again, welcome to the Sunshine State. Thank you. All right. I'm Blake Dowling. Thank you for joining us as we enter well into year two of the Biz and Tech podcast. We now have Biz and Tech podcast swag, including hats, which we will show you one now. Duh! Whoa. Test of my reflexes. But uh, we'll have some lucky winners, uh, do some giveaways last week, and we'll go from there. Until next time, which we will welcome Madison Social founder Matt Thompson, we will sign off. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. See you soon.